Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Welcome to another episode of Captain Bagrat podcast. And today I've got someone very special from downtown Chinatown.、I've、got Justin from Aussie U Tours. Hey, Justin. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Going well. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure to finally be in the room on the podcast with you and meeting Captain Bagrat himself for the first time. Yeah, he's a handsome-looking bloke here. I love the cape. <laughs> he's very fluffy too and cuddly too. Yeah, I'd give him a little fluff. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a nice、um, guy. So he's the the mascot. He is the mascot. He saves Australia、uh, and Asia. From one, boring news. One podcast episode at a time. That's right. Sweet. All right. Good job, man. And we're just his sidekicks. Yeah. I and I'm the guest sidekick for today. Absolutely. Okay. And you can、All、become、right. regular if you wish. Okay. I mean, he's recruiting. He's 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 in recruiting mode. Is absolutely、yeah. good to know that, Captain Bagrat. I'll、uh, I'll keep the number close. Excellent. And today we've got you on to talk about your business and how it's been impacted by COVID nineteen. Also known as coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, that that's、COVID. right. Yeah, <laughs>、um, yeah, yeah. So,、um, well, I guess it's been a big impact. So I'm in the the tours space, tourism. So I I do like small group walking tours, bar tours, and food tours、mm. around Sydney.、Um, so my business is called Aussie U Tours, and、uh, I started the business about two and a half years ago now, back in. February two thousand and eighteen. So pretty recent、um, still. Yeah, it's a pretty young、mm. business.、Um, before that, I was working as a kind of I was doing free walking tours for a friend's business、um, and lots of other jobs in tourism as well.、Um, but yeah. But before and, that, you were a corporate lawyer, chained to the desk, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Bef- before all the kind of fun, exciting tourism stuff, I、um, I was a corporate lawyer、uh, for a, for a big <laughs> law firm in the city here in Sydney, and I did that for close to three years, but never really enjoyed it.、Uh, probably was never very good at it as well, <laughs> to be fair. And、uh, kind of eventually,、um, we got to the point where it was just kind of like, yeah, this this isn't for me.、Um, <laughs> I'm gonna pack up my bag. And yeah, <laughs> let's let's go do something else.、Um, And I guess the reason I, I I chose I wanted to be in tourism because when I was back at uni,、um, I'd worked、uh, at the worst four star hotel in Canberra. Let's <laughs>、um, not name places yet. I think it's under new management, hopefully.、Um, <laughs> but they, I used to be great fun if you'd ever like want to get cheered up going on their TripAdvisor page and reading the reviews <laughs> and the manager. Used to just go at people in his, the responses to the reviews, so it was actually really like <laughs> entertaining.、Eh? Entertaining. I was basically told、um, when I was training up for that job that this hotel is basically the Faulty Towers Hotel, <laughs> the Australian,、uh, version, of the of Australian version of Faulty Towers. <laughs>、um, <laughs> and、cool、so approach the role with that in mind. <laughs> Don't take anything too seriously here. Work out how to have fun in the role,、um, which is perhaps <laughs> the weirdest way to be. 
inducted and, and trained up, but I was being trained by the guy who was leaving. Um, oh, so, okay. The one who um, was writing all those wonderful comments back to guests? Uh, not, the, not the same one, I okay. don't think. But yeah, um, that, was, that was my first tourism role and I kind of, I don't know how I fell in love with it from that role, but <laughs> uh, after uni I did a lot of backpacking around in South America and Europe and stuff and ended up working in hostels a bit while I travelled as mm. well. And so I always had this connection with, with travel and I thought, you know, tourism's got to be more interesting than corporate law. And you're <laughs> always meeting people and discovering new things, learning new things. And yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. I can see the appeal in it. Yeah, so I mean that's that's why I, I travelled, you know, to, to meet people and to expose yourself to different cultures and different places. And I thought, you know, maybe I can do something in, in Sydney that will help. Originally I thought I'd just help other tourism businesses by mm. consulting for them and in addition to law at uni, I'd done Asian studies and majored in Chinese there. Oh, oh um, let's hear a few words. Come on. <laughs> are, you one, are you one of the 130 fluent Chinese speakers in Australia? I like to say that I'm tour guide fluent. Oh, you're, uh, you're fluent. Then. So it's, it's – like fluency is always based on the context, right? I, mm. I think there's always more to learn, particularly with a language like Mandarin – uh, it's a very difficult language, as, as you'd know, and you can always improve. So, yeah, I'm not corporate law okay. fluent. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I ever got to that stage. I was more just used as, like, the monkey who could speak a bit of Chinese and would be rolled out. Yeah, no, like, rolled out to speak Chinese to a Chinese client. Um, to say, like, oh, hello, goodbye. Yeah, or, at business meetings and stuff like that. So it was mm. kind of like, yeah, I after doing Asian studies at ANU, I thought... Um, my skills weren't being well utilised in that, that corporate law environment. So I thought maybe I can use them better in tourism. Um, and this was kind of 2016 or so that I was getting out of corporate law. And Chinese tourism at that stage was growing by about mm. um, 20, 20% per year to Australia. The visitor numbers from, coming, the from number one. coming from mainland China, they yeah. were just about to uh, overtake New Zealand as number one, but they'd been the biggest spenders for a while. Yeah, they spend a lot more per cap, well, per person compared to all the um, other tourists from like America, I hear, or from yeah. South Korea. Yeah, I mean, those statistics, I'm always kind of like, you know, we have to differentiate between visitors and tourists mm -hmm. because things like international students will be included in general visitor numbers. And so they obviously increase the average spend per person because an international student's going to be here for a much longer time and so they're going to spend more. And pay So rent. a lot of the yeah. times when you see, oh, Chinese tourists spend three times as many as much as European or American mm -hmm. tourists, that's not entirely accurate, but okay. it is still true that they do spend more. Well, thank um, you for clarifying that because yeah. I was wondering, how would they spend that much more? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not that many Ugg boots that you need to buy or beauty care products. Um, so, yeah, that's often something then, like working in the consulting space, I would often see experts, mm. China experts, talking up these numbers and stuff and <laughs> overemphasizing how difficult it was to engage with these consumers. And, I, you know, I was just trying to be a very low level basics consultant <laughs> helping help, no just a consultant that is like at, at a low price range that could mm. help small and medium sized tourism businesses engage with uh, Chinese customers but I quickly realized that you know tourism businesses didn't really have the budget to sp to spend on what they considered to be marketing mm. and so I started working in a boutique hotel and then a mate who I went to uni with 
I bumped into him on the street when he was doing a free walking tour. Oh, wow. And he was like, hey, I've just started this business. Would you like to help me out and lead some tours? And I'd never kind of done anything like that, mm. but I thought, oh, I'll give it a shot. And so he trained me up and I started leading tours for him. And it's a free walking tour model. So basically, you know, you get a tip at the end of it mm. if the guests have enjoyed the yep. tour and you've got to keep them entertained and laughing and informed for three hours to get a good tip. So, <laughs> you know, it's a real baptism by fire kind of way to get into tour guiding Yeah. Um, because if you're not interesting or entertaining, they'll just walk off halfway through the tour or, at the, obligated or at the end they'll, they'll yeah. give you like nothing. So you really get your tour guiding skills up to scratch very quickly by doing that. So I did that for a while and then he eventually decided to stop doing that because there were there were a couple of other businesses in Sydney that were also doing free walking tours. Oh, and right. the competition was just too tough after summer. And so he, he stopped that and I was like, oh, I've been hearing about this. Like Airbnb was just starting to do mm. Airbnb experiences. That's right, yeah. And I listened to a podcast that was, they were interviewing Brian Chesky, the, one of the co-founders of Airbnb, and he was talking about his plan for Airbnb experiences. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I'm going to jump on this wagon. I'll jump on that one. <laughs> and at the same time, a Chinese um, media company had asked me to, if they could shoot a like kind of profile video about me. And in Chinese? The, the fact Andrew. that I was a, a Chinese speaking Australian who wow. was in tourism. And so they, they shot a video of me and they asked me to come up with like a little tour that I could take some guests, which were just my friends, uh, along. <laughs> and so I had to, in the space of about a week, come up with my own walking tour. And I decided, you know, I was working from a co-working space over in Ultimo at the time. Mm -hmm. And no one else was really leading tours through Piermont and Ultimo kind of area. And mm -hmm. I was living over that way as well. So people would go to like the fish markets. Oh, um, they definitely would go to the fish market. And people yeah. like might go to the casino or whatever. Uh, but other than that, it was kind of like no tour groups were going through or there. Or Chinatown, right? Um, well, yeah we, yeah, we don't quite get to the Chinatown side of mm -hmm. Ultimo and Haymarket, but we're not too far off it. But yeah, I basically put together this walking tour route in the space of a week, shot That's the video, <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I'll put this up on Airbnb Experiences. Uh, and it, yeah, it, it took a little while, but mm. it started to take off after a few months. I was doing lots of tours at the start where it was just kind of like one guest, two guests. But these were paying guests, right? They were paying guests, yeah. but I was charging a very low price yeah. to start off with maybe like, you know, $30 or something, I think, mm. when I first started doing the walking hours? tours. For, for a three-hour walking tour, including a coffee and a craft beer. So You'll probably have nothing left, right? So, you know, <laughs> doing it for one guest, yeah. I might make, after Airbnb had taken their 20% commission, <laughs> I'm making, you know, like $24, and then I've got costs of about $10 per person there. Oh, no. So I'm making, you know, like $14 or $15 or $20 or something on those first walking tours oh, for three cool. hours, you know. So it was really low wage kind of work. <laughs> Going from a corporate lawyer. I was, <laughs> I was starting to get, the, the thing was I was starting to get reviews in and stuff mm. and getting really good feedback and tweaking things and improving things and working out how I could, you know, could I add some visual illustrations of mm. like, before and after shots of the area. Um, how could I add value to people's experience without actually increasing my costs? Yeah. And yeah, it started to do really well with that. I was lucky also that there weren't too many experiences on there at the time. So because I was low priced and I had lots of availability, yeah. I started getting more bookings and more reviews and very quickly that just kind of built on itself. Um, and then 
so that was February 2018, and then I was getting feedback from a lot of guests. I was having lots of solo travellers. Yeah. And they were in their 20s and 30s and stuff like that, and they wanted to go out drinking. But they, <laughs> What else would they want to do? You know, really? They're like, where do we go drinking in Sydney? What are some good bars? And you're and, local from the area? And I'd been living in, I'd lived in Surrey Hills back when I was a lawyer, and I was really familiar with all the bars from drinking. You, you probably know, need one after a big, long drinking, day, right? Drinking my sorrows. <laughs> That's um, right. And waiting for a Friday night to go out with my um, corporate law grads and I thought and Thursdays friends. were pretty busy as well for grads. Oh, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you'd... Back it you'd, up. <laughs> sometimes you'd sneak out to the the Ivy for a Thursday night session, back up at Friday for the office, and then Friday office drinks. But so I was I was going I was going out a fair bit, so I was kind of like, you know, very well acquainted with the bar mm. scene. And so I started a bar tour, and that was in September 2018. And because I'd already done one Airbnb experience, I kind of knew how mm. to start it off low price, get the reviews in, build it from there. Yeah. And that one just took off like wildfire. Oh, excellent. Um, there how was no one else really doing, off? again, no one else really doing like um, bar tours. So would you say like a month and then it just took off, it just snowballed more and more people Yeah, like even the first time I like offered it on Airbnb experiences, I think I managed to get like eight or so people along on that first that's, night. Wow, that's, that's um, pretty big. Yeah, for and good. then I was doing it a couple of nights a week. Uh, and then by about May of last year, mm. I'd been working in other jobs as well. I'd been working in hostels as a receptionist. I'd been, mm. I did a, a contract job for a, a Chinese online travel agency, um, helping them kind of develop an English language website. Yeah. But May of last year, I went all in. Yeah. On the on the, the tours and largely through Airbnb experiences, I was building my own website and stuff, and yeah, kind of uh, was it's doing exciting. was doing was doing really well. Budding entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. I, were you I, running? You were running about like two or two to four tours a week, weren't you? Yeah. So yeah. as of like kind of February this year, mm. I was running the the bar tour, the secret bar crawl with um, in in Surrey Hills and Darlinghurst. I was doing that. On a Thursday, on a Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday night, so three nights a week. I had a, a city route as well. That yeah, uh, and business was booming. So Tuesday night was in the city, and then Thursday and Saturday night was in Surrey Hills and Darlinghurst. And I had the the Piermont, Ultimo, and Glebe walking tour once or twice a week. And then in, in February, I just launched February of this year. I just launched a. Newtown food and street art tour called as well. Chewtown, right? Newtown, Chewtown, <laughs> Newtown food Chewtown. and food and street art. That's a cool name. <laughs> because again, you know, guests were asking me where do we go to eat, mm. and I was talking a lot about multicultural food that's available in Sydney because you know we're really lucky with just having so much choice available on our doorstep. And I would always recommend people go to Newtown to. I, I reckon that's the best place to to sample so many different types of cuisine. And so I put together this new food and street art tour. And, uh, street so art? Food, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing that, like, Newtown has a lot of, uh, like, the inner west, I guess, is well known for its mm. street art. But Newtown's where all the best stuff is at. Mm. That's where all the famous uh, street artists around Sydney and from Australia put a lot of their works. And that's where, you know, the inner west council really uh, does a lot of work to bring those artists in. And they pair them up with 
um, building owners and stuff to do some really cool pieces on the side of buildings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't, I don't really know much about street art, but I can, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at learning about this, these kind of topics and then talking about it. Like I know what I'm talking about. It's a, Oh, you do know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's a skill that many white men have. Um, and, <laughs> and so, I, and same with food, you know, I don't consider myself to be a foodie. But I built the relationships with a few restaurants and mm. read all the articles and started going in regularly and getting the restaurant owners and bartenders and or managers and whatever to talk a little bit about the yeah. food. So bring them into the experience a little bit more. Yeah, having that you know personal interaction is always great. Like people get excited at oh that's the owner who created this place. Yeah. And now they he spent five minutes with us explaining, you know, the, the service or the products. Yeah. And I think people get a little excited about this. Exactly. These you want to yeah. kind of bring in that insider access point of view. And I guess I like to remember that I'm not the center of the attention on a tour like are you really i thought you uh, were the entertainer like they're not they're not booking the tour to just you know, listen listen to justin for three hours they're, they're booking it because a lot of the time they're solo travelers they want to meet other people yeah uh, and they want to get out there and explore different parts of sydney and so my job is really to to just be the host and to facilitate that interaction between them the places they mm. visit and the other people on the tour. Yeah. Um, so I really focus on that on my, my tours to make it the About most social yeah. and fun kind of tour that they've been on. Um, because if I think back and I think of all the like the best tours that I've been on overseas. It's always about the the other people that I've mm. actually met through that tour. That's right. Rather than anything that the tour guide particularly said to me. Maybe sometimes the places they took me to, mm. but you don't remember so much like the history or the dates or the yeah. figures that they talk about. You just remember how you felt at that time the with the, the group of the people that you were with. So I really try and focus on creating that atmosphere. Because it's a, it's a big success from a local guide um, afterwards, after the tour, when everyone decides to kick on by yep. themselves. I think that's yep. usually a, a success measure. For me, that's, that's a big sign of success. Exactly. And particularly with the bar tours, you know, mm. because we do that one in the evening. Um, and it's, it's advertised as kind of like a three and a half hour tour. So 6.30 to... 10 p.m., mm. but I don't think I've ever had a tour finish at 10 p.m. You know, they always they You're always, party animal that they always on, go right? on. Well, I have to remember that it's my job as well. Um, so people are like you basically drink for a living, and I'm <laughs> and they, my my guests kind of get a bit jealous, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I do, but I also make sure that I peace out or you know smoke bomb out of there at a certain point in the, in the night because otherwise you end up just not being able to do anything the next day but if i've created <laughs> but if i've created an atmosphere where they mm. feel comfortable to kick on as a group and they started the night as a bunch of strangers and by the end of the night they're all exchanging whatsapp and whatever and keeping in contact and i do see the photos of them traveling the next day oh, or so excellent. together in sydney they, or you see on the the group chat yeah they're still messaging each other being like hey what are people doing tonight? So for me, that's that's really cool that I can be the kind of creator of that interaction. Yeah, and yeah. you probably get a lot of solo travelers or people who travel as you know a couple, and yeah. they just want to meet people, fun people who yeah. they can just connect with straight away and then do things together because it's more fun when you have a big group. Yeah. So Airbnb said that I think like forty three percent of my bookings are solo travelers. Oh, wow, that's a high amount. Um, and I'm a solo traveler mm. myself as well. So like when I travel, I try like You're I'm a trying. Lone wolf. I'm trying to create the kind of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd never use that expression. <laughs> 
lone wolf. <laughs> Imagine saying that at a hostel. I'm a bit of a lone wolf, you know. <laughs> like, you creep. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed way not to find other people to hang out with when, when you're travelling. Um, but I'm a solo traveller and, you know, I, I try to create an experience that I would want to do myself if mm. I was traveling. So I really like doing those free walking tours when I travel because I find they're often a great way to get your bearings mm. and hear from a local and learn some some cool bits of stories and whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm always ones, one of those ones asking lots of questions nowadays. <laughs> but the other thing, of course, I really like to do when I go traveling is, um, is to drink. Um, and eat, yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, eat as well um, at, cheap, cuisine, at cheap but... local places. But, you know, going out <laughs> as, right. as a backpacker and traveling around South America and Eastern Europe and stuff, yeah. you know, going out on pub crawls and drinking with other guests was, was a big part of my travel experience. And I guess as you get a little bit older, um, just you know, a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit older. You're like, I don't really want to do that pub crawl with like a hundred people. Yeah, um, you, more you want something a little. You want to feel like maybe a little bit more sophisticated. Or if you're in <laughs> Australia, you're not going out and doing goon at the hostel before you know going to a dodgy pub down at Darling Harbour or whatever. Um, You've got quite a history there. So I'm, I'm try- like my my tours are always capped at 12 people mm. so you can kind of get to know everyone in the and group talk to everyone yeah. without feeling awkward or feel like yeah. you're missing out on talking to a few yeah. people yeah i find 12 is kind of like one of those magic numbers for group sizes that in a group of 12 everyone gets a chance to talk to everyone else and there's going to be some really weird and really interesting coincidences oh, uh, or oh, like enlighten cr- me like crossovers like yeah. oh just you know in all my tours, I always start, you know, um, with three questions, icebreaker that everyone has to answer. So mm-hmm. really simple, just, you know, what's your name, where are you from, and what brings you to Sydney? Mm-hmm. And I find even just doing that as an icebreaker in the first kind of five, ten minutes of the experience, people will be like, oh, you know, we're on our honeymoon and um, or we just we just got engaged or whatever for yeah. the younger couples. And... Um, we were in Melbourne and now we're up in Sydney and then we're going up to the Gold Coast mm. or the Great Barrier Reef afterwards. And then someone else will be like, oh, I was just in the Great Barrier Reef. And, and so suddenly those guys yeah. have something to chat to it's about. It's common, yeah. yeah and right. they can start exchanging tips and whatever. And they're like, where you're from? And like, mm. oh, my God, I went to school, like, just down the road from you or whatever. It's really crazy. In a group of 12, you're guaranteed, I think, to have at least... Everyone will have there, everyone yeah. will have something in common with at least one other person in the group. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of, of the ice breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you've also told me that you've got stories about Sydney, some really interesting stuff. Like you were telling <sighs> me about the tiles in bars. Yeah, that's I mean... That's something I never knew. Would you be yeah. able to uh, recap on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, just a bit of ice cooler kind of chat that we had <laughs> the other day. Um, but yeah, I, I love the old pubs around Sydney. I I feel like inside me there's this kind of 60-year-old man that's just like <laughs> waiting to escape um, and I just have to wait another kind of 30 years before he'll be <laughs> in his accepted element. Um, A 60-year-old lone wolf, is that right? <laughs> the 60-year-old lone wolf. <laughs> that doesn't um, sound creepy at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, can, I can see the guy in China at a pub now like... <laughs> 
creeping in the corner. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, because I went to a pub on the weekend, um, but it was it didn't have um lunch because they didn't do food on Sunday, and I noticed all the tiles all of a sudden, and I'm just like, Justin, Justin yep. told me about that. Yeah, so yeah, help yeah. Help laugh about it. So I I tell this story on one of my uh, bar tours yeah. when we're in Surrey Hills and we're outside one of these old working class pubs that was like built back in 1918 and that's around about the same time as there was a bunch of returned world war one soldiers servicemen who uh were back in in sydney for a bit of r and r and uh they got a bit drunk one night and a bit of a riot happened oh and I believe about 5,000 returned soldiers were involved in just this kind of drunken revelry and rioting in Sydney. And it was pretty wild, right? Um, <laughs> and after that, like, the New South Wales government decided that alcohol was really bad mm. and that we should really be restricted about when we can consume alcohol. But not like a prohibition, right? It, not not as strict as mm. the prohibition. Um, I don't think... That would have worked in Australia at all. Not that it really worked in the States. But they they basically said, you know, pubs have to close at 6pm. And so it was known as the 6pm swill. 6pm. 6pm, yeah. If people complain about drinking laws <laughs> in New South Wales at the moment and lockout laws and whatever, I always just say, like, man, you're lucky you weren't around 100 years ago because 6pm was when pubs had to shut. And That's when people, things start happening these days. Yeah, right? Yeah. So people would finish work at five or thereabouts mm. and they would go straight to the pub and they would try and drink as many beers as they could in that hour before <laughs> oh the, the barman called, called last wrong. drinks. And so pubs actually redesigned their interiors as a result of these drinking law changes because they used to have, like, you know, billiard tables, pool tables, whatever. Sophisticated um, things. Mm. Ta- chairs and whatever in the main pub space. But when they realised that everyone was just trying to get wasted, they took all that furniture out and they just made it easy access to the bar. And that even included, because the main bar was men only, right? Um, women would have, like, the ladies' lounge oh, okay. or something maybe around the corner whatever. So... That even included having a place for the men to urinate while standing in the queue to get a drink. So they don't even have to go to they the didn't toilet. Have, they, they didn't even have to go to the and toilet. Yeah. yeah, so like Oh that's, my god. So you may find it in a couple of pubs around Sydney if you look carefully, that there'll still kind of be <laughs> a trough. <laughs> a, almost yeah, like a trough at oh, the gross. the base of the bar or like a little kind of yeah. um I don't know. Like a curved gutter. Yeah, gutter. yeah, yeah. Curved that gutter. Curved gutter around the edge of the, the bar. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, and that's why it's tiles inside and it would just make it easy to slop away the mess just at the end of the night. Hose it all down. Hose, yeah, basically ho- wash it all away. Oh, my um, God. Stench of yeah. metal piss is pretty bad. Yeah. You, you can't get rid of that smell. Even mothballs don't work. <laughs> yeah. I, but, like, also during, like, the 1950s and 60s, there was this big kind of move towards Art Deco Mm. pubs and a lot of the breweries around Sydney, like Tooth's and KB Lager and some of these other old breweries, they basically commissioned architects to go and redesign all the pubs that they owned. So there was, you know, a lot of monopolised power there. The breweries also owned the pubs Mm. and so they determined what was on the tap and so they really got into this art deco movement to create nice looking pubs that would attract punters. Oh, no, attract, uh, punters. Uh, just okay. attract punters in. 
as a bit of a nice place to visit. Yeah. Without tiles, right? Or oh no, with the, with the tiles. With the tiles. You, you know how you see the tiles on the outside, and you see yeah. those Art Deco features with the curves and uh, circ- to make circular. It sophisticated, yeah. yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Make it sophisticated <laughs> on the outside, um, but on the inside, it's just a cesspit of it's a piss. <laughs> absolute bedlam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that see, this is one interesting fact that I never knew, and I was like, wow, Justin yeah, is full of all these fun I, facts. I often like to say that. Um, I believe when we introduced the 6pm swill, mm. um, that that's when Australian binge drinking culture really took off. I think um, so. <laughs> and I don't think we've ever really recovered. Um, and I don't think we're going to recover it very fast either. We, like, we don't have, yeah, unfortunately, a very sophisticated drinking culture in Australia, which... <laughs> I like guess the Germans, you know, I, they have their kids and they sit out in the beer gardens and they just sip slowly and enjoy their beers or yeah. alcohol. Whereas I think in Australia, you everyone, drink, yeah, you until drink, you're slaughtered. You drink to get to get wasted. It seems a lot of the time here, uh, and like. I, I often have these European guests and they can't understand why places shut so early here and things like that. I'm just like, man, it wouldn't, you don't want to see Australians after that, that time sometimes. It's, um, it's not it's, a good sign. It's pretty bad. It's like, yeah, I guess similar to the British. We've got more in, in common with them in, in terms of drinking culture. And, and American culture. And the right? Americans. They, yeah, they drink it. They sink it back pretty fast. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like the more restrictions you introduce, like over yeah. there, they all my American guests, and I get a lot of them, like on the bar tour, about 40% of my guests are Americans. They're like, so wait, the drinking age here is 18? Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like the rest of the world except for your country. <laughs> And do they and, go all out because they, they're like 20? They don't really, I don't think they appreciate that they're the anomaly. Because they're, usually they dominate everything. Whatever US status is, it's the world yeah, standard. Yeah, that it's like, no, in most countries it's actually 18 because that's the age that of majority of, like, of when, you're, when you're eight mm. on adult, when you're able to drive a car, when you're that's able to right. go to war and all these other things. And in the States it's the same. But then they've got the 21 for, for drinking. I don't understand it. But Maybe I, there was a massive drinking problem with them as well. It, does, it doesn't yeah. stop it, right? It doesn't yeah. like they, they all talk about like, oh, yeah, back in college we'd do these, you know, <laughs> crazy drinks and stuff and keg parties and keg what, parties, whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think introducing all these restrictions actually improves the, the drinking culture. I mean, the more oppressed you are for either something, a social activity or for your culture, usually that's a, it's not a good turnaround for people. Yeah. 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 It just encourages them to want to do it even more. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So obviously COVID uh, hit Australia around the same time that you were uh, running for bar crawls and as well as tours um, and seriously nobody saw this coming at all where everything got shut down in like less than two weeks yeah. um, and this is I'm sorry this is a except, small except point the, I, I, except no, no one no one saw it coming except Bill Gates except Bill Gates <laughs> and a few others in yeah. the uh, upper the, echelon the, the Illuminati <laughs> that's right they're like hey hey everyone this is what's going to about to happen reset exactly, yeah. yeah so I know this is a sore point um, yep. and can you go through some of the um, overwhel- overwhelming um, emotions as well as the <laughs> how, much, how much time do you have? Should I should I lie down somewhere here on the, on the couch and we can 
talk out my feelings. <laughs> talk about your feelings. Um, this is a psych session. Yeah, actually. yeah, love it. I've been waiting <laughs> for. It. I've been. Chan. I've been waiting for this. I didn't think this was going to be the occasion for and it. And you can but... hug Captain Bagrat yeah. all you like for a bit of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I guess for me, I. Um, it was mid March, right? The yeah. things started to to go Tumble. go downhill mm. here, and uh, I remember my last tour that I ran was my Newtown Chewtown mm. tour on Sunday, the fifteenth of March. I think I had three guests, mm. three solo travellers, and after that, just all my bookings just cancelled. Um, oh, and a lot of tour operators saw huge amounts of cancellations and refunds and stuff. For me, because my tours are normally only about three or four hours, a lot of them are in the evening, people book them quite close to the activity. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not unusual for me to have half my group sign up within the last kind of day or so before mm-hmm. a tour. So I didn't see as many cancellations as some other tour operators that like operate longer trips or multi-day kind of ones yes. or whatever or a bigger part of people's travel decisions. I'm mm. just, I'm a bit of a filler. Yeah, that's um, right. A three-hour filler. <laughs> a, a three-hour filler. <laughs> when entertaining. They, when they realise like, oh shit, we've got nothing to do tonight. <laughs> like whether it's a... Let's go hang out with Justin. Whether it's a solo traveller or a couple who are sick of hanging out with each other and they just need some other interaction. They and need then some they, um, Justin facilitation. They, they, they call on me. <laughs> so I didn't see as many cancellations, but I just saw my bookings just drop off oh, a cliff. No. And um, my housemate, his girlfriend was flying back from San Francisco Mm. and she was going to have to do two weeks of quarantine at home. Mm. And I didn't have any tours basically or no guests booked for the following week. And I was was really kind of hesitant to run any tours even if I could. And I just decided, oh, I'm going to go back to Queensland where my parents are before the border up in, closed up in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd fly up there and I'd lay low there for a couple of weeks and kind of see what happened. Yeah. And so I flew up there on the 18th of March, and uh, two weeks quickly became four. Um, within those kind of first two weeks, I think they announced the the border closures. Mm. And yeah, so. I could have actually travelled back down to Sydney because the border was never closed the other way in that around. direction. Yeah. But there was really no point to rush back down to Sydney. Yeah. I ended up spending 10 weeks up in Queensland mm. and um, hanging out there with my parents, mum and dad, for like the longest time I had in <laughs> about 10 years, uh, only going out of the house to go How for... Was that transition? Uh, I was Being tough. a child again. It was tough, yeah. I was... <laughs> Sleeping on the the fold out couch Aww. in Mum's office, and I um I just had my birthday, and you know, <laughs> just no one mu- could be there for mum, you. Mum and Dad, and us having you know some Chinese food <laughs> takeaway from uh, from Sunnybank, and <laughs> that was basically it. I have a few friends up in Brisbane that I could catch up with and stuff, but could only kind of do it for exercise purposes. That's right. So I would catch up for people and go for a cycle with them, or go for a run with some of my friends. Um, and I was just trying to work out what, what the hell to do with my business yeah. and listening to lots of webinars and reading lots of articles of what, about what people were doing all over the world mm. and networking with other tour guides and exper- Airbnb experience hosts and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I didn't make it back to Sydney until June. June. So I you did a little occupied bit of a road yourself trip. by upskilling and also thinking of strategies of changing your your tourism model and also, I guess, keeping up to date with 
COVID development and whether yeah. you, you can actually run your business in, in the near future. Yeah, or not. yeah, it was a lot of like kind of soul searching and thinking about what is mm. the future of my business? Yeah. Uh, how can I be more sustainable, more locally focused? Um, I started work on a, a new tour, which was uh, I'm still working on, which is kind of like a an urban eco tour mm. around Sydney, showing off some of the cool businesses that are doing really interesting stuff in terms of renewable energy energy or waste usage oh, yeah. or um, sustainable resources and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so I'm still working on that one because I think that'll be popular with locals. And um, But yeah, basically just kind of hanging out up there trying to keep myself busy, doing a lot of surfing. doing a lot of language <laughs> learning, uh, no surfing up there. <laughs> okay. Um, that's been since I've been back down in Sydney, um, been trying to get into surfing a little bit. Um, and yeah, just trying to take stock of everything, running more than I had in probably about two years. I used to do a lot of running and then mm. the bar tours and the late nights kind of prevented me from being able to bounce the next morning and go for a run so that <laughs> I was wonder why because you kick I, on I, with I, I your guests i wonder why uh, yeah um uh, working off that little dad bod and beer gut that was developing um and yeah running a lot running up and down mount cravat there on the big hills in in brisbane and yeah finally i was able to travel back down to sydney when mm. the border reopened mm. and they were well when new south wales allowed overnight travel mm. And so I took a little five-day kind of road trip back from Brisbane down to Sydney, stopping off in lots of coastal towns and doing lots of nature walks and oh, seeing nice. waterfalls and stuff like that. And, and not planting the seed. Producing yeah. a little bit of content. What? <laughs> and not planting the seed. <laughs> well, we haven't heard anything about, you know, any what? coronavirus no, related no. cases. I mean, from, I was in Queensland. I was in Queensland. <laughs> you man. were safe. We, we, we had low case numbers, really. Um, but, yeah been back here now for a while and, and still trying to work out what I'm doing with my business. Yeah. Um, Are you running some tours now? Um, I, I have been. Mm. I, we re resumed tours in kind of mid-June. Oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> mid-June um, started doing some of the bar tours and the Newtown food tours again. Mm. It's been largely for private groups of friends. Um, so that's a new kind of market that I have thought oh, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll target that group of people who kind of like want to support local businesses they they want to catch up with their friends and they don't just want to do it in the kind of boring way of just going out for dinner or something like they mm. want to actually go out there and Be I social. guess I guess my tour gives them a way to support like four or five different local businesses at once yeah that's good you know on the bar tour we visit normally three or four bars mm. so they're supporting them plus they're supporting my tourism business yes likewise with the Newtown tour we go to like four restaurants or cafes we go to a brewery and they're supporting me so they're kind of like supporting six everyone's businesses supporting there everyone. so cool. everyone's a winner it's like you know Everyone, it's a very Chinese kind. Everyone's very Chinese kind of concept of like shuang ying, double wins. You know, everybody wins. But majority of your customers are not Chinese, are they? Or no, no, no they're not. No. Um, <laughs> this is you bring in your not, Chinese. Not, not anymore. I, you know, I originally thought that was going to be a much bigger part of my business. Yeah. Um, but the numbers, uh, because like I do offer the tours bilingually, mm. and I've I had like uh, a lot of Chinese guests book me in two thousand eighteen mm. and. 19, but those numbers were already dropping off before COVID. Mm. Uh, I'm not so you in, saw it coming. Yeah. Uh, I just saw like Chinese 
uh, numbers dropping off as a percentage mm. of my business. Okay. Um, and then, of course, you know, Chinese New Year, that put a, that was yeah lined right up with COVID. So, so yeah. well, no, like, I mean, normally a lot of them would travel oh, for, for Chinese New Year. That's one of the biggest travel yeah. windows for Chinese to come to Australia. But that was also right when COVID was kind of peaking in, in China. That's right. And so a lot of them had to uh, cancel their plans. I think I had maybe two or so Chinese guests right at the start of Chinese New Year and then, then none after that. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was happy with that because I was wanting to get a mix of nationalities on my tours. I think mm. it's more fun to get a range of guests on there and then they kind of get to meet each other as as well as I didn't want to pigeonhole myself as just being that that white dude who speaks Chinese. Um, you <laughs> don't want to limit... I could say something really inappropriate with your yellow fever, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, um, so that was not what I was going for just, in any kidding, in, in, in any kidding, sense. Justin, yes, um, just kidding. The the lone wolf, the lone wolf. old man, <laughs> yellow fever. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. You're more of an egg. <laughs> yeah, I'm exposed. Been exposed. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the show is all about: exposing. <laughs> It's turning into a current affair very quickly. Investigative journalism <laughs> at its best. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where do we go from there? I guess, I guess um, yeah, a lot of people are probably going through the same thing, especially in tourism and retail and hospitality in particular as yeah. well. Because now yeah. we're seeing, you know, with shutdown of Melbourne again and then Sydney probably coming up pretty soon. What were some of the strategies that really worked for you? Maybe your top three strategies that helped you through all this or um, help you come out with a new way of doing business? I am still working through that process. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would just fine. say, yeah, like we're seeing a, a second wave obviously in, in Melbourne. Mm. Um, that's like, it's not yet clear whether that's happening in, in Sydney. Case yet, numbers are yeah. kind of increasing at time of recording. It's like, <laughs> um, it's like spot fires everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, not to the same extent, but it is definitely affecting people's confidence to, to go out. Mm. Uh, so none of the bars that I visit have announced any further restrictions other than kind of like what the New South Wales government has said, 10 people. And we are recording 1.5 metres away from each yeah. other as well in this yeah. room. <laughs> and so I've been, you know, for the last three or so weeks of doing the tours on the weekend, um, been doing my best to maintain all the, those social distancing and all the other um, COVID kind of safe mm. precautions that you can. Um, but it's really affecting people's confidence. So like this weekend, for instance, mm. I've got a private booking for Saturday night of my bar tour for six friends, a group mm -hmm. of friends that specifically messaged me and said that they wanted to support Aww. local businesses and get out there. That's wonderful. Um, and I have a private booking of, I think, 11 people on my new t on my walking tour of Piemont, Ultimo mm. and, and Glebe. And that's a, a like a local history group that found me through... A, a post I'd made on a Facebook neighborhood group for the Piermont area. Mm. So other than that, I don't have anyone and I don't expect anyone to book over the next few days for this weekend because I just think um, the confidence is not there at the moment. Mm. Um, so it's probably going to affect my business for a bit longer. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm dealing through that and it's really tough because it's kind of like you've got – your expectations up that things are improving. Now it's kind of going down. And again. now yeah. it's like going back down and I'm always trying to maintain positivity about this and mm. I lead a, a group of Airbnb experience hosts uh, on, on Facebook and I'm trying to be positive for everyone yeah. else in that group because we're also 
uncertain about what's going on. But yeah, it's re it's really tough. Um, it's really I was... tough to try and and give everyone else you know a positive vibe while yeah. you're you know you're not caring for yourself. So yeah. during this time, how did you keep sane? How did you keep your you know the emotional, the mental side of yourself um, at a? At I guess an okay you know you just you grateful that it, it could be worse. Yeah. Um, that like sometimes I feel like I don't really have much to complain about when I look at overseas and mm. um, the kind of government support yeah. available in, in other places. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine being a tourism operator in in Africa right now or in, in South America. Mm. There's nowhere near the kind of level of government support that we're getting. There's there's none. Yeah. Um, and then also very highly reliant on international visitors. They can't really turn to the local market mm. as much because the local market just doesn't have the budget for the kind of tours that they operate. We're really lucky here in Sydney that there is this high number of young professionals and people in with money mm. in stable jobs still. Uh, and suddenly, yeah, maybe their Europe summer trips have been ripped away from them, but they have money. Um, and if I can offer an experience for them locally and support other businesses, I think they will want to support that. They'll want to do it. And there's so much to Sydney for them to see. So there is things that I can do that really target those kind of niches. Yeah, um, and the social welfare side of yeah. the job keeper and job seeker, I think they've yeah. increased that. I've, yeah. I've got loads of mm. government support in that sense as oh, well, good. right? Like, you know, you, I got money from New South Wales government, 10000 for adaptation uh, grant, and then another 3000 on top of that. Mm. Um, I've had JobKeeper for myself uh, because I'm an employee of the business. Yeah, and your business did drop by yeah, more than twenty percent. By, by like 80, <laughs> 80 plus percent yeah. within like a month or so. Mm. Um, and yeah, now just eking along with very very small numbers. So yeah, I satisfy all the requirements there, and will I expect to continue to satisfy all the JobKeeper requirements now that it's been Especially extended out yeah. until beyond the end of the year. Um, even Airbnb um, put together like a bit of a, a grant fund um, and I was one of the few hosts that was lucky enough to get a bit of money oh, out, of, out of that. Oh, that was really supportive um, of them. So, yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't see any other kind of travel company doing that at the moment. No. Um, definitely not TripAdvisor or Viator or any of those other ones. <laughs> like, no, nah, screw them. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I think everyone in tourism is just kind of like, screw TripAdvisor. Yeah. Guys, don't support them. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I need to check this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are they are ripping you off and they are ripping off tour operators. But you seem um, to be in good spirit if you're making jokes like this oh, <laughs> for <yeah>. now. <laughs> no, definitely, it's it's all warranted, right? But yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's still mentally it's quite tough for me because um, I don't know what the next month is going to look like. Let alone like I I guess early on I just kind of wrote off 2020. Mm. Like even back in March and April, I was just kind of like, all right, well. If I get any bookings this year, it's a bonus, yeah. right? Uh, and I'd be like, as of February, my business was two years old. I've had this fantastic kind of growth across those two years. Mm. Should be really proud of what I've achieved with the business and all the reviews. You, you should know. be, definitely. I had, by February, about 2,500 guests had come on my tours. That's incredible, um, for a one-man show. For pretty much a one-man show. I'd hired a couple of other guides yeah. to help me out. But, but you built all that up. I was still doing fresh. most of the tours. So, yeah. like, 2,500 guests, uh, over a 1,000 reviews. I was sitting at 
I still am 4.96 out of 5 across um, both of my That's existing incredible. tours and 5 out of 5 on my new tour, mm. uh, the Newtown one. So, like, I've got a lot to be really happy about there. Um, it and was, I also hear yeah. you're running, uh, you're helping this uh, Chinese broadcasting uh, company out by speaking some Chinese for them. Yeah, I yeah. do, like, the, you know, when people need a white guy in Sydney <laughs> oh, who no, speaks Chinese, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm the only guy. Um, but you are the best guy. Uh, well, oh, I thank, would say so. Thank you, having not seen me. But <laughs> <laughs> would you like to say would, something now, or have I put um, you on the spot? <laughs> but no, there's, it's uh, it's kind of a fun perk of that skill or that I occasionally get these call-ups through various WeChat con contacts, and they just ask me, "Hey, would you like to do?" emceeing my friend's wedding um, or, you know, <laughs> hey, would you like to emcee this event at the Sydney Opera House? Um, in Mandarin and English? In Mandarin. English. Oh, and that's cute. So I get these things. And so they're like, I've been working with a Chinese company over the last few weeks and we've been doing like a bit of a live stream mm. talk show about Australia and China. All and it's in very, Mandarin. Amazing. Yeah, it's all, all in Mandarin. So it's really good practice for me to um, perform in Chinese on a live stream. And uh, like that you're a monkey again. This is referring back I'm to bit, I'm a bit of a monkey. We, yeah, we 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 did an episode the other week, which was all about like food, and yeah. so they gave me different Chinese food, like um, you know, chicken feet, and oh, yeah. um, I think there was duck tongue duck or something, tongue. Um, and various and chili, various chili things, and stinky tofu and stuff oh, yeah, like that, yeah. and just kind of filming my reaction. So it was like a reaction live stream video. The Chinese never get tired uh, of seeing a white guy eating those kind of weirdo stuff. And I <laughs> am happy to be that white guy if the price is right, you know. Like, <laughs> as long as you don't fall ill the next day, it's all yeah. Fine. Hey, no, I don't mind trying these foods. What is? It's not going to kill you, right? Um, that's Which always, is make you stronger. That's always, that's always been my attitude, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll try anything. Well, no wait. Um, <laughs> so so, what kind of a, are you a stronger Kanye style with his song? Uh, this was back in like two thousand and nine, or no. Britney Spears stronger, or are you more like um, that U.S. idol pop chick uh, with her her song strong? <laughs> this is where my my lack of knowledge on pop, okay. pop music oh, kind of becomes evident. <laughs> um, I, Maybe there's a, Sorry, a I put you on maybe the there's now. a Mando Pop or a, a, a J. Hole song that I could relate it to. Oh, but I don't. But, <laughs> yeah. but is there? <laughs> I, I I reckon it's kind of like Ilu Xiangbei, like a road heading north. You know, there's, okay. uh, mm. that's a, a J. Hole old school song that um, is very very dear egg. to my heart. You know, you're yeah. definitely egg. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Justin, it yeah. has been a pleasure having you here today and to talk about everything that's been happening in Australia and your business. So I thought maybe instead of an ice breaker, we can have mm. an ice summarizer. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, sure. Let's let's do it. What, <laughs> what, do, what do we? What does that involve? So you just give you a fast five. So okay, it's a, fast off the five. cuff. Yep. So questions that you would never expect. Oh, I expect, would. I expect, I don't know what I expect from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Okay. First thing that comes to your head. What's your favourite bubble tea flavour? Oh, uh, probably taro. Booyah! Okay, it's good. Beer or scotch? Beer. Booyah! Favourite sport? Soccer. 
say what? There are six types of footballs in Australia, so you named one of them. <laughs> there's six types. Wait, wait, I always say that there's like three types of football plus soccer. Plus soccer. What, what other ones are you including? Oh, I'm, I'm including American gridiron because that's kind of becoming, it was becoming big in Australia. Ugh, yuck. You, but, but it's in. Um, okay. And then Gaelic football. Apparently some, some guy said, oh, you forgot Gaelic football. We play that down the road. Okay, yeah, anyway, good, yeah good, okay. good for that guy good and his probably two mates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cats or dogs? Um, for what, eating? Say what? As <laughs> 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 a pet. <laughs> I mean, because uh, definitely cats, you know, that just taste better. No, um... <laughs> It's just like maybe my head's still stuck in the Chinese. No, oh, chicken feet. <laughs> Can you imagine cat feet? Oh dear. Yeah, that was a, a tough experience when I saw that in 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 China. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guangdong area, right? For, formative experience when I was a sixteen-year-old boy in in Guilin, and I saw some some dogs in a cage off to the market. I was like, what? Oh, There's a yeah. thing. They're not going to the pet store. Um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, in <laughs> As a answer, pet to Pat, our dog for dog. sure. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a dog? Um, my, I like to say on my dating profiles that I'm an uncle. Dating <laughs> to a dog. Um, my my housemate has has a dog, so I get to have all the enjoyment and none of the responsibility. Uh, taking lovely fennel for walks around and picking around up fennel's poo poo. Oh, none of the responsibility. Oh, no, I'm that's kidding. Bad. I'm, of course, I would pick that up. You in know? a public space. Yes, if people were watching. Yeah. Favorite place to eat in Chinatown slash Darling Square? Um, I would say Xi'an, the Xi'an restaurant on the back here, I think, um, facing Darling Square. Okay. Mainly because I'm a cheapskate and it's like. <laughs> It was like $8 for a, like, gong bao jiting, kung pao chicken or whatever, and rice. Is this the one that you took me to last time with my bunch of friends? Yes. The hole in the wall? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love, yeah. love that place. Yeah, it I've is I've been great. going there for, for years, um, so that's, that's a really good little one. Well, my authentic Chinese friend, international student, now yeah. turned PR status in Australia, she loved it. She goes, this is traditional Chinese food. Yeah, and like she I can it. go in there and order Chinese and they barely, like they don't even bat an eyelid, which is yeah. always a good sign. Mm. Um, and when you know most of the other people there are Chinese international students, that's also yeah, a good, good sign that it's a, a good place. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I love the food. Can't there. beat it for price, you know. No, not at all. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Actually, right. I'll throw in one more question. Okay. okay. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, porridge. Porridge. <laughs> porridge, a protein bar and a coffee. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you had to think about that one, didn't you? You're like, what do I have? Do I even eat? Breakfast? I'm just like, I'm just like, it's not very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's unexpected. Okay, all right, no, but like, yeah, very plain porridge. <laughs> And so for those listeners out there, uh, if they want to book some of your tours or find out more about what you do, what's the best website or social media? Yes, um, please book me. Give me, <laughs> give me a livelihood. Give me a, a sense of purpose. Um, so uh, on socials, on Instagram, it's uh, Aussie U Tours. Um, and on Facebook, Aussie U Aussie U Tours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like Google Aussie, Aussie U Tours. So Aussie U is one word. Um, 
I'm probably going to change the business name in like a month or so. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep those socials live anyway. Yeah. So Redi- it's redirecting. A-U-S-S-I-E and then Y-O-U. Yeah. Yeah. So it came from the Chinese name, which was Alzio, which literally means like Aussie self-travel or Aussie freedom travel. Yeah. And from that, it was like Alzio and that sounds like Aussie U. And so that's how the English name came about. But yeah. That, that's very smart, actually. Nowadays, most of my guests are not Chinese, so I'm kind of like, <laughs> we, ne- we need to change this. This, <laughs> this is not what the business has become. And with, go- with COVID, it's uh, very unlikely that it will be this in the future. So stay tuned for a business name change. Yes, yeah. watch the space, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Justin. My and all the pleasure. best for Thanks. the future. And we'll yes. have you back on again, that's for sure. All right. All right, I'll bag work. right out. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce, and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid. <laughs>